Once again, we want to welcome you. My name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you for joining with us. For those watching at home, thank you for for being with us. We are in the second week of Advent. Uh, last week we talked about hope. This week we are talking about peace. And uh, for all of these themes that we go through on the uh, Advent candle, each of those are understood to be attributes of Christ, a part of a, a result of the ministry of the anointed one, the Messiah coming. And so uh, hope last week, peace this week. As we get ready to talk about peace uh, today, I just want to sort of give a definition of it. A lot of us uh, sort of have that that hippie mentality of peace, right? That peace is, peace is that uh, when war stops, then peace takes over, right? Peace and war are, are opposite. Conflict and peace are, are opposite. And so in order to have peace, you need no conflict. Right? The problem with that is if that is the definition of peace as we talk about it in a spiritual means, that kind of peace has never existed upon the earth because there has always been conflict. Always been conflict. Look at your family member sitting in the row. If you don't have a family member here, somebody will fill in and be the jerk for you. So look at your family members. Right? You, you may have some good days, but there's conflict in, right? And so the biblical perspective of peace has to be more than just the, 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 the absence of conflict. And in fact, for biblical peace, uh, what we are, what we are talking about is a, a sense of well-being, a sense of calm, even though the circumstances all around are in chaos, right? The peace of God doesn't come in the absence of conflict. The peace of God comes in the midst of conflict, right? And this, this explains why so many of us are, are, are seeking out that peace. It, it, one way to know if you have peace is, do, do you go to sleep well? What's your worry list look like? Right? What, what is it that, that festers in you? Those are peace robbers. Right? Those are the signs that there's not peace going. And for, for all of us, I, th- I think we're in a time where there's unprocessed grief all over the world right now. Every one of us have, have lost something. It's, it, it's a varying, whether it's a person, a loved one, uh, a sense of well-being, uh, uh, free, what, whatever it might be, all of us have uh, some sort of loss. And uh, in loss, there is a grief Thing that we need to do and unprocessed grief becomes an open wound and a festering wound and, and brings more sickness rather than healing. A good grief process will allow uh, the, the wound to cover over and become a scar and allow you to, to begin to move forward. But with unprocessed grief, we just have these festering wounds, which I think is is why you can look at our world and just see the contention and the animosity and just the the conflict that we constantly have because hurt people hurt people right and we're hurt people and when we when we don't process our grief when we don't when we don't find the kind of peace that God has for us then we we react and act in a way that doesn't help spread the gospel and uh, doesn't help us build the relationship. We, we, we in our prayer life, if, if we're honest, we in our prayer life spend most of the time 
trying to tell God to take conflict and problem out of our life. Right? God, I don't want this anymore. God, heal me. God, take that away. God, make them go away. Uh, God, stop that. God, start this. That's what we put. That goes along with the idea that peace equals no conflict, right? And we get the mentality that once I'm through this, then I can have peace. Once this is over, then, right? And again, when has that existed on the planet of Earth? Where everything's going swimmingly for everyone. It doesn't. Which is why we have this culture where peace isn't a part of it. Because we're looking for it in the wrong way. What if, this is just this crazy idea. I just want you to think about this through the service today. What if, what if God wants to give you peace in the midst of the storm, in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your, your loss, in the midst of your problems, and you've been missing what he's doing because you've been so set on ending your problem. What if? We're going to be in the book of Malachi, the prophet Malachi, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. I only have 1 through 4 on the screen, so uh, that's on me, not them. I changed this morning, so... Um, Verse 1, look, I am sending my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant who you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal or a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem as he did in the past. At that time I will put you on trial. I am eager to witness against all sorcerers and adulterers and liars. I will speak against those who cheat employees of their wages, who oppress widows or orphans, or who deprive the foreigners living among you of justice. For these people do not fear me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. This is the word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. That's funny to say we're going to talk about peace and then I read a judgment passage. I get the irony in that. But what God is doing, it's, it's necessary for us to understand what happens when we don't, when we don't seek the way of God and when we try to do things in our own way, how we are never going to find the peace that He has for us. What, what Malachi is saying on behalf of God to the people, a people who are not that much different than us, a people who their religion became a badge, their religion became an identity, their religion became a power play for them. They pushed God to the side. They, they were using God as a weapon against other people. They were using their belief in, in their right standing with God as a weapon against other people. They were not worshiping, uh, in, in, in spirit and truth, and their worship was not leaving the doors of the temple. They came and gathered and sang songs and did all their little religious things and then went out and were horrible people in the world. Not much different than where we are today. 
A few weeks ago, I, I, pre- I preached on Isaiah 1, where, where Isaiah, on behalf of God, says, get out of here with all your fancy, dancy, religious stuff. It makes me sick. What I really want is your heart. What I really want is justice in the world. What I really want is for you to love people the way I love people. He says, I'm, I, there, is a, there is an anointed one coming. There is a promised one coming. And when he comes, I'm not sure you're, you, you want to be as excited as you think you are about it because when he comes, the world is going to turn upside down. And I'm going to do things in a way that establishes my kingdom, not your kingdom. And so I'm going to come and I'm going to burn off all the dross. All of the things that pollute the pureness of my creation are going to get burned away. Because the thing that boils down to who I am is justice for widows and orphans and, and employees and servants and immigrants. It's a social and economic and psychological and spiritual uprising that will sweep through the world. And if you aren't on my side, you're on the wrong side of that. Well, we know uh, we know the answer to this. He says, I'm going to send a messenger to prepare the way. That messenger was John the Baptist that we read about in, in the New Testament. And if you remember the ministry of John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, started about six months before Jesus began his public ministry. And John the Baptist had basically one message, knock it off and do better. That's my paraphrase, but that was it. Right? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Repent. That's one of those church words. What it means is you're going in the wrong direction. Stop. Turn around. Go the other way. Turn 100 degrees, 180 degrees. Head the other way. You're on the highway to hell. You should be on the stairway to heaven. That's a rock and roll reference for, <laughs> for my generation. Right? Stop, right? If if your religion doesn't leave the doors of your worship space, you don't have religion. If your commitment towards me isn't changing you from the inside out, then you're not a part of me. See, part of the problem, part of why we don't have peace is because we keep trying to create the kingdom of heaven in our image. We keep trying to use our own ideas, our own thoughts, our own, our own great thinking, our own problem solving, and tell God what He should be doing instead of allowing the Creator to mark us with His image and remake us in His image. And see, as long as that happens, peace is not going to come. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the He is the source of that. You're you're not going to find that true sense of peace uh, until you know Him. We we just sang a little town of Bethlehem, and and, and I, I I was doing so I, I don't have the words in my mind, but it's something like uh, take out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. That's what the mission of Jesus was to come in pay the price for our sin, reconnect us with a holy God. 
and then be born in us today. It's, it's, not, a, it's not just this, this uh, sappy idea of a, a baby in a manger. It, it's may the, may the attributes of Christ be born in me again today. May, may who Jesus is become a part of who I am today. Right? Of course, for us, we, we're, we're on the other side of His coming the first time. We're looking forward to His coming again. And in that, Lord, as I await the fulfillment of Your kingdom, right? We, we read that passage in Malachi and we say, well, He came, but we still have the, the evil in the world. We still have injustice in the world. Well, yes, He initiated the kingdom and all of those attributes are, are, are available to us, but there's, there's a final statement coming where it will be full and complete. Until then, we wait patiently upon Him in the midst of the chaos. In the midst of the chaos, the way we find peace is with, by connecting with the principle. By allowing Him to burn off all the dross, all the unnecessary stuff, all of the things that keep us from being pure. We allow Him to do His refiner's work within us. Let's go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Paul writing to uh, the the church in Philippi, a church he was very fond of. This book is often referred to as the joy epistle. Joy is is mentioned in this book more than any other place in just a short uh, four chapters. Um, That's amazing when you consider that Paul wrote this book while he was in prison, right? Uh, We're going to, chapter 1, verse 3. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow. This should sound very similar to what you heard last week when he was writing to the uh, Church in Thessalonica, I I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So uh, Paul, he, he, he's sharing with people who are in relationship with God. He's, he's writing to the church. He says, I give thanks for you every day for what you're doing, that you heard the gospel and you're trying to, you're trying to make a, a, a change uh, with that. You received it and, and, and you're, you're on your way now. Uh, I, I'm just going to make a, an invitation here. Uh, there's an assumption in what Paul's writing here that people are in relationship with Jesus Christ. And as I said earlier, uh, that relationship with Jesus Christ is essential for these things we talk about. Hope, peace, love, joy. 
You can find cheap substitutes for them in the world, but the kind of peace, hope, love, and joy that comes from God is something that will turn your life around. And, and it doesn't take any special, special time or place. You don't have to have any special prayer or anything. It's as simple as saying, God, I don't really know how this works, but I want what I've heard your son can give me. I give you, I, I want to be in relationship with you. It's that simple. Christianity is the, the, the hardest, simplest thing you'll ever do. It's easy to invite them in. It's hard to live it out, right? But it's that simple. I, if, if you're here this morning, you've never done that, I, you're missing out. You're missing out. It's, it's not the, the Christian thing of t- talking down to you that you're not as good a person. You're, you're sitting in a room full of sinners who met somebody who loves them anyway and who is doing something within them to make him make us more like him. And you can be a part of that simply by asking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, says the Lord. Anyone who answers the door, I'll come in and eat with them and them with me. So I just don't miss, don't miss that during this, this Advent season. For those of us that have done this, you might think to yourself, well, I've been a Christian my whole life and I, I still don't have the kind of peace you're talking about. There's, there's things going on in my life. I've got grief. I've got loss. I, I have sorrow over, over the loss of a loved one. Why isn't, why isn't it happening? And I want to, verse six here, Paul says, and I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, when you invite him in, he begins a good work in you. He's working around you, in you, through you, above you, below you. Uh, every other preposition you can come up with, right? He's, he's all over. He's, he's working even before you knew him. Even before he invited you in, he was working. Giving you sunsets and beautiful children and the beautiful person you married that you, sh- you didn't deserve, but they married you anyway. That's all the provenient grace of God. Just so he's saying, hey, I'm here. I'm, there's a good God in the world. Pay attention to me. Soon as we invite him in, there's a good work he's doing doing within you. And he says, uh, I am certain that God who began the good work in you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. See, part of why we lose our, our, our hope and our, and our peace is because we have no patience. We have zero patience. You know, five years ago uh, at Christmas, if if you ordered something online and it took five days for it to be delivered, you were like, "Hey, that's pretty good." It's coming from the other side of the world. That's amazing, actually. Now, if it takes more than a day, right? I'm on the phone going, "Hey, I'm a Prime member. Where's my package?" Right? It should have been here three days ago. What do you mean four days? What do we live in the? Flintstones or what, right? Because we, and we're impatient in every area of our life. But that's not the way God works. God's got a bigger picture than our minute little things. And, and God works big picture things. Do you remember the story of the Israelites? Do you remember how long they wandered in the wilderness? 40 minutes. Right, 40 years. Right? That's funny because most of us get upset when we pray and 40 minutes later we haven't received what we prayed for. Right? Patience. God is working. 
He's doing some stuff. He's bringing all things to fruition. He's crafting a kingdom where there'll be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more evil, no more injustice, where everything will be made new. He's doing that in and around all of creation. He is at work and He is going to bring it to full completion when He returns. In the meantime, hang on, be patient, and just know that He's with you and that's where peace comes. It's not having the problems go away. It's that in the middle of the problem, I know Jesus is right there with me because He's working on me. He didn't leave me. He didn't forget me. He didn't abandon me. He's not mad at me. He's not not answering my prayer because I didn't say three Hail Marys or some... I mean, we get into sorcery in, in the church sometimes. Well, you must have... He's on our side. He's for us, not against us. That's where peace comes from. It's not that I don't have a storm in my life. It's that in the middle of the storm, I know that Jesus is walking with me and walking me through the storm. Remember the story in the gospel of the disciples in the boat? And they're sleeping in the boat, or Jesus is sleeping in the boat, and a storm starts crashing over the And they start panicking, and Jesus is just sleeping. And, and they go and wake him up, and Jesus is like, What's up, guys? We're going to die. We're going to die. And he's like, oh, are you guys ever going to learn? Stop, storm. And he says, why do you have such little faith? And he's not admonishing them. He's not mad at them. He's just saying, guys, don't you know me by now? I've got all power and authority. There's nothing that I don't have charge over. I know your story. I know the outcome. The reason I can sleep in the midst of a storm is because I know the storm isn't going to hurt us. So just trust me. That's what he's asking us to do. We're in the storm going, Oh, no, we're all going to die. And Jesus goes, I got it. I know the end of the story. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Let me tell you something. Even if you don't see the resolution to your prayer until He does come again, you're not going to be living in heaven with regret or thinking you got second, second deal. You're not going to be going, well, I got the short end of the stick on my lifetime because you will be able to see with wider vision. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, we now see as though through a glass strangely dimmed, but then we shall see everything as it is. And when you see it from God's perspective, you are not going to have regret and you're not going to feel cheated. You're going to know that He's been with you every step of the way. That's the miracle of Christmas. It's about his it's about his closeness. That God is not just withdrawn from us, but in order to demonstrate his love for us, he came put on skin and walked among us. He knows what it feels like to be betrayed and hurt. He knows what it feels like to lose a friend. He knows what it feels like to have life go wrong on you. That's the beauty of the incarnation. Yeah, you got problems. We all do. And if you're waiting for those to go away before you can move on with your life, you're never going to find peace and contentment. There's a a passage, verse 7, there's a line here you can just read right by and miss. Verse 7, it's right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. 
you share with me the special favor of God. Now listen, you share with me the special favor of of God, both in my imprisonment and in my defending of the truth of the gospel. The special favor of God, even in my imprisonment. See, Paul, Paul was practicing what he was preaching, right? It wasn't, as soon as God lets me out of prison, then, then I'll have peace. It wasn't, oh, soon as, soon as, and, and keep in mind, we, we read, we, we've holyized this and we, we miss, we miss the scandal of the gospel. I mean, Paul had every right to be bitter. He had given his life over to Christ, turned everything upside down, walked away from the career that he had spent a lifetime preparing himself for. And then the way he was rewarded was to be uh, stoned and beaten and thrown out of town and then spend most of his days in, in prison, unable to do the very thing that he felt God was asking him to do, to go start more churches and spread the word more. And meanwhile, he's stuck in a prison cell. He had every right to be bitter and say, where are you? What are you doing? But And he chose not to do that. Instead, he decided this is where he has me and God is on my side, not against me. And God is perfect and, and just and holy. And so whatever, wherever I am and whatever circumstances I am, God must uh, have something he can do in and through me in that. And he leaned into that position and, then, and there found the purpose and meaning of life and there found peace. That he goes on to say in chapter 4, the peace of God that passes all understanding, peace of God that makes zero sense, even in your life, with all the loss and all the stress and all the horrific things that have happened and all the things that have been done to you that are unfair and all the ways that people could have been nicer, should have been nicer, even in that, God can give you peace. I don't know if it's just because I'm listening different or what, but this year I have heard more people share with me family problems than I ever have um, in ministry. And I think a part of that is because it's it's something um, I deal with as well. Um, it's not about me and Lori. We're not getting divorced or anything like that. But <laughs> it's more my family of origin. Um, there's a break in relationship. Has I mean, it, there isn't a relationship. Been strained for many, many years. And in that, there's there's all the you know self righteousness of well, there it's on them. It's not on me. They're right, and I could do all of that and everything. But every year when you 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 come to Christmas and stuff, and you start to uh, hear about family, talk about family, nostalgia around old Christmases and stuff as the poor's read in their liturgy about, you know, sometimes the memories of Christmas aren't that fond. And you can choose to just let that eat away at you. And you can wonder what you did wrong or why they're so mean or whatever. But see, what Paul was aiming at here, he said, his last uh, verse there, he said, I want you to live pure and blameless lives until the return of Christ. Pure and blameless lives. See, as Christians, we're held to a higher standard. That refiner fire that came through Jesus Christ. That, that one who was going to make all things new again. That includes us. 
that as He sweeps through my life and burns off all that shouldn't be there, that it's up to me to take the initiative in how that gets handled. Even if it's not my fault. Even if, even if I think I was wronged. What would be different in, in your life if instead of praying that it would just go away, you actually sought the voice of God of how where you are right now, where you might feel His peace and blessing right here, right now. See, we're, we're going to celebrate communion today and, and, and don't forget the context of Holy Communion. One of the most holy acts that we have, we call it a sacrament, was initiated on a night in which Jesus knew that within hours He was going to be faced with violence, hatred, pain, suffering, injustice, hatred. It wasn't in a perfect circumstance because if you need perfect circumstances to be able to connect with God, you're never going to be able to connect with God because the whole message is what a perfect God does in an imperfect world. So that night, and if you didn't get, we have our little personal, uh, if you didn't get those, there's some available out in the worship center. That night, with all of that knowledge, with that kind of setting, that's what I mean, the incarnation is about a God who understands suffering. To His friends at the table, He took bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, passed it around and said, take and eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he passed around the table and said, drink from this all of you. This is a new covenant my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink of it, remember me. And so it's in remembrance of these, his mighty acts through Jesus Christ, that we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray. Oh God, as we approach Your table, we do that with the knowledge that we don't deserve what You did for us. We do that with the knowledge that too many times we are selfish and self-centered and too many times we try to advise You rather than follow You. And we'd ask your forgiveness for that. Thank you. Thank you for paying the price for our sin. And God, we ask that you be born in us anew this morning. That your spirit flood over us. That your love overflow in us so that we can be your hands and feet to the world. May this little wafer and this juice be for us your body and blood so that we might be your body and blood in the way we live and love. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So the ones we've had are unavailable right now, so these are a little harder to do. There's a clear tab up up top that'll allow you to get the wafer. If you're able to do that, 
congratulations. And when you do, the body of Christ broken for us. Then the foil lid comes off to expose the juice. The blood of Christ shed for us.